Super Talk Mississippi media production. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, First Bank Studios at Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon, wherever you're tuned in. Going to be talking to Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation here in just a moment. Kelly will join us later. Also, Rice baseball coach Matt Braga on the show today, so we want to get right to it. Opening segment is always sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. We thank them for their support. Great food, seven days a week right here in Hattiesburg. And don't forget, Dickie's can cater any event for you, large or small. So the next time you have such an event, be sure you uh, enjoy Dickie's. I enjoyed some Dickie's catering uh, this past Saturday. It was absolutely delicious. Heath Hinton is the uh, proprietor of Big Gold Nation, the go-to website for Southern Miss Athletics. He's on the show with us right now. Heath, uh, are you there? I'm here. How are you doing? All right. Hearing a little noise in the background. I just wanted to make sure I had you uh, had you connected. Uh, we're doing good, and we thank you for being on the show. I want to get right to it today. I, we're going to have Joy Lee McNellis and uh, Jay Ladner on the show later this week. They're both uh, already beginning to see the effects of these new NCAA transfer rules, the portals, all of that, all of that mess. Uh, fair to say, Heath, that uh, the NCAA just a week or two ago announces that you can transfer out and not miss your first year. You can immediately transfer. You can transfer and immediately play is what I'm trying to say. And already we're beginning to see the cannibalization of, of smaller schools like Southern Miss. Sure. I mean, what, what you're having happen is what everybody said was going to happen, that Everybody thought it was going to happen. You're going to have the group of five schools turn into junior college programs for the Power Five. That's what you're seeing. Uh, is you know an SEC school going to go get a kid out of junior college to play, or are they going to go get a a sophomore going to be a junior out of a group of five school? Which uh, which level of play is better? Not the junior college, the group of five. So uh, you're going to see this happen more and more. It's just when they make these rules and they set them up. That's what happened. This is what was going to happen. This is what everybody thought was going to happen. And, you know, you just look at the NCAA and go, why? Why would you do this? What was the point of it? And I've heard people say, well, you know, kids, they needed to get out of school or players because, you know, they had family sicknesses, this and that. Okay, but they already had a board set up that if you need to transfer out for emergency reasons, you go in front of the board and apply for eligibility and they would give it to you. So that was already in place, but why they decided to blanket this, nobody knows. I mean, think about this. Will Hall tweeted this today. There are 25 scholarships team, 130 FBS schools. That is 3,250 scholarships available. There are 3,717 players in the portal, plus high school seniors, plus junior college players. There are going to be thousands of kids with nowhere to go because the NCAA opened up a portal that would allow them to put themselves in, take themselves out of schools, 
And once they're in the portal, the schools are going to fill their positions. So they may not necessarily have one to look back on. That depends on the school. It's just the NCAA made this, and then they're so worried about, well, you know, we don't want people cheating. We're going to give them show clauses. But yet and still, you do this and give people an avenue to cheat very easily. Right. In uh, today's society. Right. Uh, well, men's basketball has been hit hard. Uh, Joy Lee McNellis has already lost one of her Fab Four freshmen uh, to Tulane University. Luke Johnson, who could have thought this was a good idea? Who could have thought that any of the decision the NCAA makes is a good idea? So, yeah, this is just par for the course for them. I remember when I was a I was a junior at Southern Miss, we had a guy named Seth Cumbie, great, great player uh, on special teams. He started uh, his senior year. We, we went out to Nebraska and, and won out there. He tore his ACL uh, first, uh, first game. Asked for a six-year medical red shirt was denied by the NCAA. So we've gone to a place where basically guys can't uh, get medical red shirts granted when they get hurt in the first game of the year. To anybody can leave at any time for for anything. And you, Bob, you and I talked about this. The NCAA asked for this when they started playing favorites with guys like Justin Fields and basically let people transfer for you know for semi uh, legitimate reasons or maybe trumped up stuff. He. I guess my biggest question is, and, and uh, to follow up on that tweet that what you said, Desmond Lindsay kind of commented on Coach Hall, and of course he's our passing coordinator, and he basically said, are you saying there's institutions out there throwing out offers that really aren't committable? So Desmond asked the great question, and it's what we kind of saw from our previous coaching staff. We're throwing out 400, 500 offers. There's no way you're going to sign that many people. So if there is an excess of players uh, rather than scholarships like there always is, some of these uh, programs or a lot of these programs are disingenuous when they offer kids. That's exactly right. Uh, the former administration, there's no question, you know, they would throw out four to 500 offers. They were camp offers. They wanted to get them in here in the camp. And they would throw out a bunch of offers and hope something stuck. Uh, that was the way they went about things. Now, if you were to do that, you're really, you're really hampering what a kid can do because he thinks he has an offer at that point. What these kids need to do, if they get an offer, say you'll take it immediately and see what happens. Um, but right now, this is just the wild, wild west. They're opening up recruiting again. Um, it's going to be what, what this transfer rule is hurting is JUCOs and high schools. The high school kids, how are you ever going to get to a school? that More high school kids are going to go JUCO, they're going to go D2, and then they're going to get transferred up after a couple of years. That's what you're going to see. Yeah. Um, and, and it's sad. It's really sad. And the NCAA has done it. To uh, to quote the to quote the mayor of the roost, Jody Lott says the NCAA stands for no clue at all. Bob, that's a pretty good acronym there. Well, it is, and it just seems to me that anyone with a with a teaspoonful of common sense knew that if you eliminated the reality that you have to set out a year if you transfer after signing a scholarship, you're opening a Pandora's box for kids who are pouted up because they're not getting to play, they're not playing the position they want to play, the coach isn't patting them on the butt enough. I mean, he... It, in our culture today, am I not right? That just opens up the Pandora's box. 
Absolutely. What we're teaching kids now is not make your situation better, but get out of it. Correct. If you don't like the situation you're in, run. But whatever you do, don't try to make it better. If you don't like the position you're playing, do something to make the coach realize that you're better to position or get as good as you can at that position, and maybe there's a reason they're putting you there. Right. You may want to play, you know, I'm just throwing it out there, you may want to play quarterback. But they look at you and they go, man, this kid could be a pretty good safety. There's a reason why. Uh, it's just part of it. Sure, there are the steaming nares out there that they wanted to have, you know, play linebacker, but he always wanted to play quarterback. There are those. But more times than not, these coaches are right. They've been around the game for a while. So instead of running away from a problem, try to fix a problem first. Right. We're not, this is yeah. not being learned today, and it's going to end up harming these kids later on in life. Right. Luke? Heath, about a minute and a half left, uh, just to kind of switch real quick. Uh, I know you had a conversation with some people at Southern Miss uh, about regional stuff. Kind of bring our listeners up to that. Yeah, you know, they, Southern Miss is going to try to host a regional. There's no question about that. The, the deal is, how's the NCAA committee going to select schools? And when I say that, are they going to go by uh, stadium size because it's only 50% capacity? Is that going to have an effect? Nobody really knows because you're not going to know what this committee is going to do. It's not supposed to be a go by stadium size, but I think it has to be a certain. You have to have a certain size stadium before you could host a regional. I mean, I don't think Marshall would be able to host a regional if they were at the YMCA there in uh, Huntington, <laughs> West Virginia. Not to mention but, they um, suck, right? Not to mention them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to be you know hateful, but yeah, even if they could host, they're not going to host it at the YMCA, but. You know, looking at this, with these schools are already choosing the regionals, it hurts a team like Southern Miss who could play their way into a host. Here's what's messed up. Southern Miss could, you know, they're 18 in the RPI right now. They play their way into a host spot. That's fine and dandy. But if you're having to be the number one seed at Ole Miss, because Ole Miss is dropping off right now, why is that any good? How much does that help Southern? Yeah, you get to play a four seed. But being a one seat on the road is not what you technically play for. So you're actually, you know, these kids' reward, you're taking these kids and coaches' reward, you're taking it from them. That's what I'm scared is going to happen here. You're going to see schools that get hosed that play their way out of a hosting situation. That's why I'm so against, you know, doing the host site so early. They could have waited a little while longer before they do it. But once again, who does this benefit? It doesn't benefit the group of five. It never does. This will always benefit the what? The power five. Always. And that's what the NCAA wants to do. Heath Hinton, everybody, Big Gold Nation, uh, check the, the website out if you want to stay up to the minute on Southern Miss Athletics. Heath, as always, we appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Heath Hinton, everybody, we'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Second segment of the Eagle Hour sponsored every day by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. We tell you every day because it's true. It's the best place to buy your Southern Miss apparel. Greatest selection on the planet. 
great prices, wonderful staff down there with Kathleen and all those uh, folks that work at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, also campusbookmart.net. Rice baseball coach Matt Braga coming up in the next segment, but uh, first we want to get our buddy Kelly Santer involved in the show. And Kelly, uh, we were talking about transfers and this uh, tornado of transfers in college. You have some news on the on a big loss uh, for Southern Miss football. Indeed, Bob. You know, we talked earlier this week about Jacques Turner uh, entering the transfer portal, and now he is headed to the University of Louisville and actually talking with some members uh, of the football team. They said that, uh, that really what it came down to is that Turner had shared with them that he didn't now, – now, this this is – according to the players, this is what he'd said, that he was not confident that uh, that Southern Miss had an – a strong of enough NFL pedigree to get him to where he wanted to go, which was to play in the National Football League. Now, some of the players reminded him that his new coaches at Louisville have placed exactly zero players in the NFL. Uh, the coaches who will be coaching him at his position at the University of Louisville, and they even kind of chided with him and said, look, you know, if, it, if it's Notre Dame, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, you know, Florida, Florida State, we understand. Louisville is not exactly, you know, the number one school that places all their players in the National Football League. No. Um, and again, talking with some of the players, they said that, that entering, uh, you know, sitting out the season like he did and then coming back, they could certainly, you know, overlook that. But they said if he were to come back to Southern Miss at this point now having gone into the transfer portal twice, that there was maybe only two or three players that even wanted him back. Well, so it was probably it was probably good for everybody involved that uh, that he move on if that's no, if I, that was I, I'm not a player, but at this point I <clears throat> I, I would certainly agree. All right, I want to get to baseball but hold hold on hold on let me make one comment on that. So Kelly, I know you're reporting that that's very intriguing. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. I don't want the name Jacques Turner ever said on the Eagle Hour again. That is what he just did was he spit on our football program. By may, if if those comments are true, he that's spit right. on our football program. I have no place, and I'm not talking about him as a a man or a person. I'm not demeaning a 20, 21-year-old. Crucial decision-making is not on the high list of traits of of kids that age. I live there. I know, even as a young man trying to walk with God in college, I didn't make good good decisions. So I'm not spitting on him the person or demeaning him the person. I'm just saying the decision for him to leave Southern Miss, to go to the University of Louisville, after using us to get in football shape in the spring, and if that's the reason, he has no place to ever be mentioned at Southern Miss again. Forget it. Right. He can join Jack Abraham. Maybe they could. Uh, maybe they could play together. All right. Uh, let's move on to more pleasant things. Right when we went off the air yesterday, College Baseball Nation put out its baseball poll. They had the Golden Eagles ranked 18th in the country. So that's uh, 18 in College Baseball Nation, 22 in the coaches poll, 23 in the D1 poll. RPI at 17 this morning, and Warren Nolan and 18 in D1. Uh, D1, a couple interesting things, guys. D1 today predicting four Conference USA teams in the tournament. And Bracketology puts out, uh, as of this morning, uh, their predictions of the uh, regionals. This is the bone I have that I want to pick with you, Kelly, first, and then get Luke involved. Uh, Bracketology shows um, Southern Miss going to Starkville as the number two seed 
uh, in a tournament with Mississippi State, North Carolina State, and I just cringe when I say this, but South Alabama. Now, whether or not that bracketology thing holds up, nobody knows. But here's my question. And I don't mean any disrespect toward Ole Miss because they have an excellent baseball program, but they are just bombing on the weekends. I think they've lost three, maybe four weekend series in a row now since SEC play started. And yet, they just seem, in every in everything I see, it's just a lock that there's going to be an Oxford Regional. Kelly Sander, what in the hell do you have to do in the SEC to fall out of hosting a regional? I'll run out of money. <laughs> and, and that's that's not going to happen. Um, and and I I don't I, I'm not real big on on that bracket that pairing anyway because I'm not sure. And again, I respect Mississippi State greatly, but I'm not sure Mississippi State if they had their choice and have any influence at all. Uh, they I'm sure they don't really want anything to do with with Southern Miss. And if you're Southern wow. Miss. You wouldn't be real crazy about seeing South Alabama if you had to play them in tiddlywinks. No, no, no. Or, or Mississippi State, in all honesty, you know. But yeah, right. But but how sure. does how does a school like Ole Miss, and they're not the only one, but they're right. losing every weekend series they play. And they not only stay in the top ten, they stay as a, an apparent lock for a regional tournament. You take a school like Louisiana Tech that loses a couple of games and they plummet. They plummet in RPI and ranking. What's the deal, Kelly? When is it well, ever going to become fair? Well, the argument the argument is is that the teams that Ole Miss is bombing to are are teams in the top, you know, ten. The Vanderbilts and the Arkansas and, and schools like that. So it's it's no Echo shame. Chamber. You know, right. You know, sure. Yeah. I mean that's that's what it comes down to. Um, and as we've seen with these transfer portal rules and the fact that uh, the players can go to another school without having to sit out, it's all the, the Power Five are now they're they're the marionette. Uh, the NCAA is kind of a marionette, and the Power Five are just pulling the strings. Um, and and the Power Five are going to be the ones that benefit from all of these rule changes. All right. And so, why would you think that you know yeah. they wouldn't? get their way in baseball i guess you're right you concur with that i guess luke yeah i mean i'll, I'll tell you specifically and, and it's you know bracketology or who it, it that's just one dude's opinion that's a really hard regional and that's a hard regional <laughs> if mississippi state would be the number four seed because they would be they would be a number four seed with the 17th rpi team in the country so that's what southern miss is today at two North Carolina State is at 44. South Alabama is probably the the toughest four seed in the tournament at 54 RPI. So I don't I wouldn't think that would happen. This uh, I think what I'm looking at the same thing you're looking at, Bob. So SEC gets Fayetteville, Starkville, Columbia, uh, Knoxville. That's four. Oxford at five. Uh, Nashville. So they would have six regionals. <laughs> They still have Louisiana Tech as hosting in this. I, I, to be honest, man, I think Charlotte's in the driver's seat now in the hosting conversation because they have a AAA park they can tap into. They're one game away from 30 wins. They play ODU again this weekend, who's at 18. Even if they lose, they're not going to drop out of the top 15 in RPI. But, but back to Ole Miss. Here's the thing with Ole Miss. So Ole Miss started off the SEC 6-0. and They've gone 4-8 and since then. They've lost their last four series. 
They got South Carolina at home this weekend, who, by the way, is the number 10 RPI team. Then they go to A&M. They may not beat South Carolina. They may beat South Carolina. They'll probably win the the A&M deal. Then they host Vanderbilt. They're not going to win that. And then they're going to take on Georgia over in Athens to end the season. The the sites will be selected by then. The sites are actually going to be selected before Vanderbilt. So it is to Old Miss's advantage. They've got two series coming up that they can end at 4-4. Four and four. The long and short of it is, if you are, as of right now, the third-place team in your West division and you cannot win a weekend series, you are losing your two and four. You have lost as many series, as twice as many as you have won. You do not deserve to host at all. If we would have swept Western Kentucky this weekend, I don't care about the RPI. I'm talking about the sweep. Southern Miss would be in a better, have a better resume than Ole Miss. Oh, and by the way, this Louisiana Tech team – that we've lost to five times this season, that we beat three times. Ole Miss lost to them by 12 runs in a week in a weekday game. That's right, Kelly. Everything he says is true, but it just in the end, it just doesn't seem to matter, does it, Kelly? I think Pink Floyd sang about it way back in the in the 70s. Money. <laughs> That's what everything comes down to, and it's not necessarily. Sometimes you don't get what you deserve; you get what you pay for. Yeah. No. As simple as that. But, it, but here's the thing: it's it's not money. It is going. It is get, being given the benefit of the doubt, even though your own field uh, own field performance doesn't match it, and everybody else can't even trip up half a step, and then immediately they're kicked out of the conversation. That's right. That is what irks it. And in and in baseball, football, I get it. Okay, and even to a, and basketball is way different. But in baseball, when anybody can beat anybody on a on a on a, uh, a given day, when you are basically given the benefit of the doubt going into a situation, and you're given the second benefit and the third and the fourth and the fifth benefit, but somebody like us who has to play four times a weekend when we stumble. We drop out, and we are not talked about in the, the regional. It is, it is systematically bogus the way that they think about it. No clue at all. All right. It doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that, that, that money talks, and you know what walks. And, and you get a lot of benefit of the doubt the more money you have. No question. Runs, hits, ERA, and wins talk more than anything. All right, dollar sign. We're gonna we're gonna take a deep breath and uh, <laughs> and then we're gonna talk to uh, Rice baseball coach Matt Braga. We'll rejoin Kelly uh, the, near the top of the hour, and Kelly, uh, we'll all be calmed down by then. Can you assure me of that? And I'll tell you what else is going on. In the there we go. All right, Matt Braga, Rice University head baseball coach, coming up on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
back on a cloudy Tuesday in South Mississippi. Thank you for listening to the Eagle Hour and joining us today, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. I took a deep breath during that commercial break. I've calmed down and uh, <laughs> we're, we're ready for the second half of the show. Uh, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Homemade hamburger steak, grilled veggies, mashed potatoes and bread was today. There's just no excuse why you don't uh, check out 4th Street Bar and Grill for that eight ninety five lunch every single day, and we appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. All four games uh, against the Rice Owls this coming weekend will be on the big screen at uh, Southern Miss as they're on the road out in Houston. We are very privileged uh, to be joined now with the skipper of the Rice Owls, uh, Coach Matt Braga, joining us now. And, uh, and Coach, uh, just be honest, this is the, the series that Southern Miss fans like me, my heart skips a beat whenever we get to take on Rice. So many battles over the years. You're in your third year uh, with the Rice Owls. Thanks so much for spending some time with us on the Eagle Hour today. Oh, you got it, guys. Thanks for having me on. So the uh, 2021 Rice Owls, you guys started off a little slow, but been playing better baseball. And what's kind of your evaluation of your club so far? Yeah, well, I'll go back, first of all, to the rivalry, Southern Miss and Rice. And, and uh, there's no doubt, like we uh, even coming in here, I know, I know what a rivalry that is because of the rich tradition of both programs and what, what Coach Barry has done at Southern Miss has been remarkable. So, so it's, uh, it's fun to watch those guys, and it'll be a great challenge for us this weekend. Um, you know, we are, we're playing some better. Um, we're, we're okay. I mean, you know, it's a ball club that, that one thing that I love about our team is that even though it has not been the greatest season, our guys continue to fight. And sometimes, you know, I've been around baseball a long time and coaching college baseball a long time, and if teams aren't playing good, sometimes they die. And I give our guys credit because they continue to fight like crazy to get everything out of their own individual ability and to, and to try to help this team and program get back on track to where we need to be. Coach, uh, we the reason I said at the beginning of this break uh, that I took a deep breath because I was railing against Ole Miss. And uh, before we continue with this, I just wanted to acknowledge and thank you on behalf of Southern Miss for putting Ole Miss out of the regional <laughs> and going to the Super Regional back in 2018. So uh, we tip our caps to you, sir, for, for doing that. But you, you came out of the Ohio Valley at Tennessee Tech. You were there quite a long time. You came into Conference USA, and you got one year under your belt and then kind of the upheaval last year. We, we get canceled midseason. Now almost through your second full season of Conference USA, uh, how, how do you evaluate the league so uh, so far this year, and I guess in, in your three years? Man, I'll tell you what. That's a great question. And, and the, the league was good my first year back in 2019. Um, last year, as you mentioned, I didn't really get, we didn't get to really see any of the league. But but this year, the league is better. Like there is no doubt about it. I mean, we we just got through playing Old Dominion a couple weeks ago, and. They basically have, they have a very similar team to what they had back in 2019. It's just that those guys are all two years older. And I think looking across the league, it's a, it's a veteran league. Like there are some really, really good players that have been around a while. And, and, uh, I'm impressed. Like it's been, it's been really good. And we're getting to look at all the top ones. We play Charlotte the last weekend of the regular season. We play you guys, Southern Miss coming up this weekend. You know, Old Dominion a couple weeks ago, like it's uh, in Law Tech a few weeks back. So, so 
So we're getting a look at those top four, and so far uh, those, those teams are good baseball teams, as uh, Southern Miss will be. So, yeah. Co- Coach, uh, the, compare Old Dominion and Louisiana Tech for us. What, what were the differences or the similarities you saw in those two clubs? Wow, that's a, that's a great question as well. Law Tech, I think both of them have incredible veteran presence. Um, I think if you were to really push me, like uh, I think Old Dominion, maybe, you know, uh, nah, you know, they're both deep offensively. I think, you know, maybe Law Tech's pin is slightly deeper than Old Dominion's pin, but Old Dominion's got a couple frontline starters, the Gregory kids, some other guys that are, were really impressive the weekend we played them. So they both are just good in, in all facets of the game and kind of studying Southern Miss a little bit here early in the week. It's very similar. Like it looks like, you know, Southern Miss early in the year in particular pitching really carried you guys. And as time has gone on, the offense is starting to catch up a little bit. And I think that's the key. I mean, it, it's just good in all facets. And if you look at our rice program right now, at the moment, at this very second, I wish I could say that about us. We're not great in all facets, like I thought Old Dominion and like I thought Louisiana Tech and how we look at you guys right now, Southern Miss looking at numbers and scouting reports. That's how we see you guys. And so, so those, that's what you've got to have to have a great baseball team. And, and that's been the one thing I've been impressed with. Coach, through the years that I've watched Rice, uh, they've always had stellar pitching, and and that's what they hung their hat on. And I think back to your to your uh, Tennessee Tech team, and you guys just absolutely bombed Ole Miss. I mean, you just you could just hit anything anybody threw. Uh, where where is Rice with you now? Is it a are you aiming to be that sort of gorilla ball big time hitting team? Or is, uh, is your strength uh, continue to be pitching in defense? Well, I think, you know, it's so funny because that team back that I, that I had at Tennessee Tech over the years, um, we were always known for power, always known for home runs and slugging percentage and run-producing team. But, but, boy, we always had good pitching. Like, like always, like they were, they were undervalued by people outside of our program. But at the end of the day, the pitching still carried us. And even though that got overlooked, um, even the Ole Miss series, if you look at that series and that, not just the series, but the, the regional tournament there, and, and like pitching kind of won that thing for us. We had to win a one nothing game in that tournament right. uh, against a good Missouri State team. And so at the end of the day, I've been around this game so long, and pitching still has to be the calling card. And right now, that's where we're falling short. Like we, we're not deep enough on the mound. We need some better frontline guys. Don't get me wrong, I love the guys we have, and I think there's some definite possibilities within the roster we currently have right now. we got to get it out of them better. But at the same point in time, that is what ultimately wins and loses games is who you're throwing out there on the bump. And so, yes, we want to be able to hit. We want to be able to sit back and drive gaps. But, boy, you better be able to pitch. And, and I think you know, that's something looking at the top teams in our league, Law Tech, Southern Miss, Old Dominion, Charlotte, those four teams, yeah, they're all pretty good offensively, but, but they're winning and losing games uh, and winning more than losing on the mound. Coach, the last time I watched your team play was in the conference tournament down in Biloxi, and Southern Miss was lucky to win the game. I thought, I thought, they, I thought they had lost the game. Uh, and, and I think that everybody uh, on, on this part of the spectrum 
uh, gets nervous about coming out there and and playing Rice. And I don't, it just seems to me the records don't really matter. What should Southern Miss fans look for out of your team? Who are some kids whose names that you think they'll hear this weekend? Oh wow, that's a great question. And yeah, I remember the, the, that tournament game. That was that was a tough loss. I think it was late in the game, and there was a play at first base, and ball got away from our first baseman, and guys were running the bay around the bases. But but uh, th- those are fun games, and and uh, you know Southern Miss so fun to play. You guys like what a what a tradition, and it is a great rivalry. E- rivalry, even though I've only been here a short time. Um, but some names to kind of look for this weekend. You know, from an offensive perspective, we've got three veterans ourselves that are all really good players. Uh, Braden Como at third base, Kate Edwards at second base or left field, wherever he's at, and then Brad Knighting at first base or right field, you know, kind of his position. And those guys that have been around this program a while and statistically are doing a good job of leading us. Um, some of the young guys to keep an eye out for, uh, Nathan Becker, a uh, young left-handed hitter, has really come on late. He's had four home runs in the last two weekends. Um, Guy Garibay, he's dropped off a little bit lately for us, but he's our starting right fielder and, and relief pitcher and just an old-school ball player, kind of remind you like of a Lenny Dykstra type of guy. He's played with the Phillies. You know, he's that type of player, just really gets after it. Um, Connor Walsh, center fielder for us, he's been out some with an injury but should be back this weekend. Um, he's a guy to watch certainly as well. And then Hal Hughes, our starting shortstop, transfer from LSU, He's about as good a glove guy as I've been around. And so those are some guys to kind of keep an eye out for this weekend. Great, great ball players that will hustle like crazy. And that's one thing you'll see from our club. They will fight for sure. Coach, great pleasure having you on the Eagle Hour. I'm sorry we're out of time. All the good conversations go by really fast. And we love talking college baseball with coaches like you. And we have a great love for college baseball on this show and a great a great love for for the series that always occur between Rice and Southern Miss, and uh, we sort of consider Rice to be our brother, so to speak, in the in Conference USA. So uh, we're looking forward to an exciting series this weekend, and uh, thank you very very much for coming on the show today. Oh, hey man, thank you guys so much for having me on, and uh, we look forward to the weekend as well. So I appreciate you guys very much. All right, Coach Matt Braga, everybody. Baseball coach at Storied Rice University, one of the most storied college baseball programs in the country. I don't care what the record is, Luke Johnson. I'm nervous about it, and I I think it's going to be anything but easy. Amen. We'll be back. To the top. Eagle Hour continues in this final segment brought to us by DBAT and D1 Training. In Hattiesburg, we'll be there in a couple weeks. Should be fun. DBAT D1, Hardy Street, Hattiesburg, DBATHattiesburg.com. 
Luke and Bob in Hattiesburg and Laurel Kelly on the phone uh, with us uh, again. Matt Braga from Rice University. Great talking to him. Just uh, so you know what Bob, what Bob meant about Gorilla Ball. 2018, Tennessee Technological University hit 135 home runs. They could swing it, season. brother. That they is, could swing it. It is unbelievable men's golf at conference usa uh we told you yesterday matt lorentz uh, fired three under golden eagles fifth overall and i'll bring you the uh, the stats in just a second up to date and a word that we will continue to use maybe in 2021 more than we use COVID in 2020 uh eagles have another transfer on the softball diamond kaylin ladner uh, has entered the transfer portal and uh, Jay Ladner, we'll talk more about this on Thursday as he's on the Eagle Hour. He has now been named to the Mississippi Community and Junior College Sports Hall of Fame. So we'll congratulate uh, Coach uh, on his uh, achievements, and uh, that's that's really good to see. Baseball tonight in Conference USA, Charlotte at North Carolina, Alabama at UAB, and Little Rock at uh, Louisiana Tech. So men's golf continues down uh, at the in Texarkana, Arkansas. Eagles in fifth place. Kelly Center, what else is going on? Uh, just just when you think you've learned everything about Southern Miss sports, we've got more. And just to show you how we go the extra mile to let you know what's going on in Southern Miss sports. History has been made on campus when Southern Miss's Eagle eSports program made history last week. Two of its teams made it to the National eSports Collegiate Conference playoff tournaments. Now, eSports are video games, right? And apparently across the country, colleges are, are offering scholarships now to people who can play these video games really well. There are two games, one called Rocket League and one called Overwatch, where the Southern Miss teams have qualified for the NECC playoff tournaments. They actually make their headquarters. They have a headquarters that, are, that, that is built on campus. They call it the Arena, and it's been newly created. It's located inside the R.C. Cook uh, Union on the campus at Southern Miss. And a couple of years ago, the teams at Southern Miss originated in 2019, and they had trouble finding any players that were willing to play. Now, because of the success that the eSports teams are having at Southern Miss, recruits are now starting to reach out to Southern Miss. Mm. Oregon kids from Oregon, North Carolina, even Las Vegas, Nevada, now want to come to Southern Miss to play E-sport. Well, well, apparently these kids have not heard of the Dixie Darlings, Kelly. <laughs> well, we're not going to tell them, Bob, because we want them to come to Southern Miss. We don't want them to be scared away, that's for we, sure, by the intimidating be, Dixie Darlings. But but now, you know, when I thought bass fishing was the, was the end-all sport, you know, that's growing in popularity, now these e-sports teams, but the Southern Miss, uh, the, the Overwatch team, and... Um, and one and one of the other teams, Overwatch and Rocket League uh, teams at Southern Miss, doing really well in the NECC yeah. tournament. So well, I'm going to put that right there in that category with beach volleyball. Just my opinion. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> uh, and I, I'd imagine that these recruits are reaching out to Southern Miss certainly via email or text or something. Of course, yes, of course. <laughs> Look what you got. 
Uh, just to, to finish up on uh, golf, uh, Southern Miss tied for six now. Matt Lorenz leading the Eagles shot an even 72 today, so he is in seventh place overall, but the Eagles in sixth place, and uh, they'll go into round three uh, t- tomorrow. Hey, guys, I want to take a couple of, a couple of minutes as we end the show today. Uh, I had a, a teammate, a really good teammate, uh, that played with me four out of my five years at Southern Miss, Chad Ruffin. Uh, tragically passed away. Uh, I think he was 40 years old out in Dallas um, this past week. Uh, we, we called him Chop. He played defensive line, a 2004 all-conference uh, second-team selection. Played D-line, and, and he was like me. Uh, he, he walked on and then earned a scholarship, and he and I bonded over there. One of the most genuine dudes you could know in the weight room. He was an absolute beast. He was a short, stocky guy, about 6'1", and he could just throw the weight up. I'm, you know, four or five hundred pounds in the bench press. He was loved by everybody. Had a, a great laugh, and it was very enjoyable to be around. You always felt like Chop had your back. Um, never had any issues with anyone. And uh, Sebastian Chad Ruffin uh, passes away uh, at the age of 39 uh, this past week, and so we pray for he for him for his family, for his wife. And he was a great Golden Eagle. He was just one of those guys. Uh, that when you were around him, you were like, yeah, he's just a classic Southern Miss guy. So shout out to uh, to Chad Ruffin. We love you. Uh, Chop, we love Chop. And uh, I've, I've had uh, conversations with, with other teammates, and everybody says the same thing. So um, anyway, it's it's always tough uh, to lose somebody young, and it's always tough to, to lose a buddy. So uh, we, we pray for the entire Ruffin family from the from the. Well, he, he must have been a pretty good guy because, as Billy Joel used to sing, only the good die young. Yeah, right? That's exactly right. Well that's, said, that's, Luke. Well said. Right. That's why me and Bob are still around. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Joy Lee McNellis and Patrick McGee on the show tomorrow. Jay Ladner on the show Thursday. Just firmed it up Friday. The old left-hander will be doing a live report from Rice University, Kelly, in Houston, Texas. So uh, we're looking forward uh, to the rest of the week. Until next time, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Into the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.